What's up? Welcome to another episode of the Pull Up and Chat podcast. I sort of miss that sound. That's how long we have without recording, I feel. I mean, I know it's been a couple of weeks where we were... I mean, first you had a little trip, you know, that you were away, and then... Yeah. We were ironing some diff- I, um, some technical difficulties. I don't know if you want to get into all the technical difficulties and why we didn't record. <laughs> but let's just say, um, you know, let's just say it was some technical difficulties. Yeah, and yeah, no, I think we, you know, we had, I bought a, a new uh, a mic um, thinking it was the mic. Um, then it happened not to be the mic. It was actually, I needed to update the software and it's a pretty funny story how we figured out that we had to update or how i figured out that i had to update the software for the board it was as wait, simple wait, as how you were told oh yeah sorry <laughs> sorry credit credit to my wife uh for um uh for telling us that all we had to do was update the the software um in the app which it took me forever to figure to 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 know that um yeah it was a pretty embarrassing moment there <laughs> little, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. But you know, we we back live, and I mean, we're ready to get back into it. And definitely have a lot to talk about. You know, we're we're gonna touch a few topics. You know, there's a baseball champion that we that we want to discuss, or at least I know I want to discuss. But you know, that's that's for later. So I, I I'll let you drive the conversation to, right now. To be honest with you, I thought you would come in today and you would be like, you know, wearing. Uh, a Braves hat, you know, bragging about the team winning. Um, and you've been uh, nice so far. Listen, like people like, you know, we don't not everybody's going to be all up in your face. You know, I, um, you know, braggadocious. I'm going to be bragging. Don't get me wrong. I'm going <laughs> to be bragging. I just don't happen, you know, to be having any um, sports memorabilia. But if you see me in one of the next episodes with Atlanta Braves fat, you know, don't don't be surprised about that. You, you are a, a very nice guy because I, I would have came into this this podcast. I would have been talking so much crap. I'm a gracious winner. You know <laughs> what I mean? So, like, I'm a gracious winner. But, you know, I, I may not be so gracious later yeah. on. But like I said, I'm going to save my energy for that. All right. All right. So we, we are going to get to some baseball topics later on. But we're going to start off with football. Um, As you know, I've always I always say football is the number one sport. Um, your Braves can take a backseat um, for, for just a, a minute here. <laughs> but we're halfway through the NFL season already. It feels like for us, you know, we play fantasy football. It feels like the season just started. And right. yet we're already halfway through the season. So I kind of like there are two different things that I want to talk about here with the NFL. Obviously, our impressions um, with, you know, who do you what do we think about the season so far? But I think over that right now, the the hot topic in the NFL, and I kind of want to get your thoughts on this. The hot topic in the NFL right now is Aaron Rodgers um, yeah. lying about his vaccination status and actually missing the game uh, a week eight. I think it was week eight, right? Yeah, he missed. No, it was week nine. Right now, week, week nine. nine. Yeah, week nine. Um, he's not going to be able to play. You would know that because that's your quarterback in the fantasy football league. Um, yeah. But yeah, like. Well, what do you think about this whole story with Aaron Rodgers, you know, lying about his vaccination status? I mean, I just like the overall feeling was just that of disappointment. Um, and, and I'm not even going to say that it was disappointment in the lie, which in and of itself is is very disappointing. Yeah. But I think it, it speaks more 
and it brings more the the ugly truth that I think that we all know, but at least when it happens, especially with certain athletes, it just kind of adds the, the the disappointment. And that's I remember a few weeks ago, a few episodes ago, we were talking about like you know the separation of the the athlete from like the person you know that we see these people whether it's you know Aaron Rodgers or like I remember in that episode we were talking about Tom Brady yeah and all of these athletes Tiger Woods all these people that we see depending if you were a fan or not you rooted for you rooted against or you just simply admired watching and we see them for you know the athletes they are and then we it's true. Like it, it'd be naive to think that you know who the the people are, um, what they represent, their values, and and any of these things. So, it's not that I was like misguided in thinking like, hey, here's Aaron Rodgers, he's my hero, or anything like that. You know, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. But you also don't want to have people kind of like go off the deep end, and and that's what, like for me, was this. Like we've had over, you know, the past year, we've had discussions about, you know, first it was the mask versus the anti-maskers. Um, now when the vaccine became available, the people that are for and they're pro. And I do believe that it's a personal choice. I do believe that, you know, people have the right to go about it different kinds of way and so on and so forth. And so for me, it was just like the deception, the deception of trying to like, First of all, play semantics and saying immunize, but then offering no further elaboration. And then when, hey, like, yo, when your things are brought to your attention, people are calling you out instead of even for the sake of argument saying like, yo, my bad, you know, in case I misled you or, um, you know, I should have said this. Or even if you say, yo, like, that's as far as I needed to go. And I didn't think anything but to go on these on this deep end of like propaganda of anti-mask anti-vaccine propaganda to go like all that he's that this is the woke mob and woke media and everything and to play the victim like come on man like at least have the decency to be like because again we can argue about where you stand here and yo there's people like cole beasley there's people like you know kirk cousins to keep it at the quarterback level carson wentz uh kirk cousins who are out here saying like yo i'm not taking it but they're also not didn't sell you on a lie and they also took the measurements like yo i'm not gonna do the vaccine but whatever mandate, whatever you mask, whatever this I have to do in order to keep my job and be upfront about it, I'm going to do about it. And so, like, for him, it just showed this complete self, like, just self selfishness, uh, selfishness of, like, yo, I want to have it both ways. I didn't want to tell people who I was. When I got caught up, I'm going to move the goalposts and make it about other people not have to apologize and it just showed me like again not only that he because i don't know who the man is so i'm not going to say he showed me i didn't something i didn't know but more so like he showed his true colors and it's like man is disappointing when you hear anybody go off that deep end that you're going to refute science but then you're going to go to joe rogan oh god and like and that's your medical advice like nah it just showed to me like the selflessness that we have in this society and it, again the overall feeling was just disappointment yeah i actually did um 
Now I'm going to send this to you. I did a uh, audio story for my journalism class and it was about, um, you know, vaccine hesitation, you know, and the reasons why, like, why are people hesitant? I, I interviewed uh, our friend, Anthony, um, you know, I got a couple good quotes from him. I interviewed Francis, another friend of ours. And I also interviewed a, a, a former colleague of mine. Uh, he, he's a doctor at a nonprofit organization. And, and we, you know, we chatted about like the reasons why, you know, people may be hesitant behind, you know, uh, with this vaccine. But I think this goes beyond that, bro. I think that not only on Aaron Rodgers, but on the NFL side, like they're showing their true colors. Like, and, and it's not about being a homer because I know people, you know, easily get triggered on Twitter about like, yeah, why are you bringing up this player? But it's because in the, in the last 15 years, he's the one example I can use of a player that the NFL, whenever they had a mission to do something to him, they, they did it. And it's Tom Brady. Tom Brady got suspended four games for deflated footballs, four games for a, uh, um, uh, a punishment that should have been $25,000. He got suspended four games because, you know, uh, this whole integrity of the game crap that the NFL comes out with. Me, we know the story about how it happened prior in that season. And the, the same team, it was the Panthers and the Vikings. They just got penalized $25,000. But we've seen many cases like these where the NFL opts to look the other way. Ray Rice. Ray Rice was suspended forever because of that incident. But that happened after the video came out. Right. If you remember that kicker for the Giants, I don't remember his first name. I know his last name was uh, Brown. Some, Josh Brown, I Josh think Brown. it was. Yeah, the same situation happened with him where the NFL turned the other way. And it wasn't until the public spoke out. That's when the NFL stepped in. So, yeah. like, it's just funny to me wh like, what the NFL seems to care about. Yeah, we care about COVID. No, you don't. Because here you have one of the stars of the NFL lying to you. Breaking protocol, as you said, fine. If you don't want to get vaccinated, that's all cool. But you're not wearing a mask. You're not protecting yourself. And you're putting your teams and others at jeopardy because obviously after games, you're giving them pounds. You're talking to them, talking to them face to face. You're putting everybody in jeopardy because all because of your ignorance. And all the NFL has to say about this is, well, no fine, no suspension. As far as we know so far, there's going to be no fine and no suspension. Even though he clearly broke protocol. And again, it's not about the vaccine part, because as you said, there are other players that aren't vaccinated that are playing right now. But it's about him not wearing a mask in public, him not protecting himself in public, going to parties and being seen without a mask and not caring at all about, you know, his teammates and the rest of the league and the NFL. All they have to say for this um, is, well, nothing. He's not going to get suspended. There's no fine. Like, how do you expect the fans to feel about this situation, about your interest and, and, how, and how much you care about the players and how much you want to protect the players when you've got one of your own doing whatever the hell he wants to and you're saying nothing and you're doing nothing? That, to me, is the part that I think hasn't been talked about much. I mean, yeah, Aaron Rodgers deserves most of uh, of the heat for for what he decided to do for lying but the nfl doesn't get to just hide behind the wall and, and, and not get some heat as well because they allowed this to happen by not suspending him and not finding him at all for anything so i just think it's it's disappointing from all points like from the nfl and aaron Rodgers too
I completely agree with you, but I I'll go a step further because and that's why for me in in everything that I talked about goes more to Aaron Rodgers to than the league because in the end like if we look at it on a more macro level like on society we've seen you know through whether it's social economics gender politics race all of these things that structures are there to favor some people while like punishing others or making it harder for others and so it's upon the individuals right that that want to do good to want to do better to like move the needle along and that's why my disappointment goes more to Aaron Rodgers than the league because I think that the league to the point that you were saying about Tom Brady I think that years ago what they had to I guess because they were doing some trial and error or they were still scared of blowback of public blowback yeah that they were went like beyond what sometimes they needed to do like what you said for example with tom brady where the suspension or the fine should have been this but they went here with ray ray rice and you know the initial was like two games but then the video comes out and this yeah. and so on and so i think right now they're just showing you straight to all of our faces like yo we're so big we can do whatever we want and y'all gonna keep watching. And the reality is, is that it's true. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if you look at it, especially from the last five years, where we talk about like, you know, what happened to Colin Kaepernick getting kicked out, right? Like, you know, which again, adds layers to the, to the disappointment. Cause here you have Aaron Rodgers quoting Martha Luther King, but where were these quotes when, you know, when Colin was getting mistreated, but no, because it's him, then all of a sudden, you know, he has words and, you know, and is against counter, um, you know, woke mob and cancel yeah. culture or whatever. Yep. But when Colin was getting canceled, like there was nothing there. Um, but like, as, as I was saying, the league is showing you, especially since there to now, that they'll do the symbolic gestures of trying to appease but at the end of the day they're just gonna do whatever the hell they want and play favorites and do whatever as they please because one thing that you know that i think that can echo that is what happened with the washington football team you know we yep, didn't get a chance a to cover example. that much of that you know but when the information came out you had these emails from gruden where it's like okay the the first he said the thing about the morris smith nothing my man went out there and coached um, then the other emails came out, you know, where it was like, you know, talking about, um, women calling, you know, Roger Goodell, the, the word that he said and so on and so forth. And then boom, he gets fired and you're thinking, okay, may like may people could think like, okay, maybe they're about to be transparent. They're about to be, you know, see where this goes. What happened two days later? Nah, there's nothing more to see, like nothing more, nobody else. Um, nothing towards Daniel Snyder saying that he like, and so you're seeing, and this is another example because the league knew, in my opinion, the league knew because the Packers knew because there's no way that, you know, like there's an easy way when you're going to go in somewhere and they're like, yo, you want to come in here? Where's your vaccination card? The Packers would have known. Therefore, the league would have known. They're just like, yo, let's see if we roll with it. And now that it's come out and they couldn't hide it anymore, they're just basically telling us straight to our face, yeah, we're going to make an exception for this guy. And this is what it is. Bro, I'm I'm to the point where that 
had he not had that protocol not been in place, they would have put him out there just so that we would have gotten the Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers matchup. Yeah. Like, I'm sure yes. they're regretting the yes. fact that that didn't happen. Because at the end of the day, yep. it's about their money, it's about their pocket, and it's also about protecting the power, the real power, the ownership level, and so on and, and so money. forth. And money, that's all. Yeah, yeah. and it's all in, all in our face. And again, they're just saying, yo, we're going to do it straight to your face. And at the end of the day, you're still going to come back on Sunday, Monday, Thursday, whenever, and you're still going to watch. It, and they're right. Yeah, it's sad. And it, it, you're absolutely right. We're still going to watch. We're not going to stop watching. We haven't stopped watching with any of the scandals, not even the Colin Kaepernick situation which was extremely ugly, but we still watch. And that's, and they, they're holding on to that. The fact yeah. that we're just always, we're always going to watch. We're never going to yeah. stop watching football. And that, and that in and itself, and that's what going back to what I said to, to kind of end my point that in the end, and that, and this is for us, even us talking here about it is that unless we as fans, you know, bring in more of that, like where we can reconcile or we have to reconcile, like, yo, we know this is entertainment. Uh, we know we want to keep watching. But is there going to be a line where it's drawn where you're like, yo, like, because at the end of the day, whether any of the issues, any of the scandals that we talked about, any of the ones that potentially could come up, we still keep watching. And as long as they have that viewership, as long as that money keeps coming in, there is it's like, why doesn't James Dolan sell the Knicks? <laughs> right. Because people still show up. Because no people still yeah, show people up. Still like show the, up. The, 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 the list came out and the Knicks, for as people want to knock them and that they haven't won a championship before, they're still the most valuable team in the NBA. So why that? And this is what the NFL is saying. Yo, we got the power. We got your viewership. We got your attention. We got, we got you. So why the hell would we need to do anything different? Because who's going to hold them accountable? And at the end of the day, it's us, the fans. And this is the perfect example of that. We're about to talk football. We just exactly. talked. Exactly. We're about to dive into week nine and, and our impressions or whatever. Like, that, that's what's happening right now in the media. Like, they're, they're, they're talking about the Aaron Rodgers situation. They're hammering Aaron Rodgers. Everyone is. Yeah. But they're still talking football. It's yeah. still the number one sport that's talked about, you know, like 12 months, uh, the whole year. So they, they're, they're winning. They're winning. And yeah. we're going to talk some football. We're actually going to talk some football. And I want can actually, before you go on, because yeah. there is one thing I wanted to bring to, to the attention, because I know for people that, um, you know, because that wasn't, unfortunately, the only bad news in the league, you know, and, and I don't know if you want to share any thoughts on it, but. A lot of people got caught up in, in the Aaron Rodgers, which fairly enough, but it's also worth mentioning, you know, what happened with the Henry Ruggs situation oh, in Vegas, God. man. Yeah. Like, you know, that, again, I was actually speaking to my fiance about this, and to me, like, it's two extreme cases, but it's two cases uh, of two sides of the same coin where you have somebody who was very selfish um, didn't think about consequences to themselves or anybody else. And now lives are being ruined, yeah. you know, and, and I, I think it's worth discussing, you know, as well as mentioning it, that it's not that we just want to follow the vaccine talk or so on and so forth, but it's that in that situation, I don't know about you, but there isn't much to add um, conversationally because this is a situation that's just gone wrong. A life again, perished, Another life may be ruined. Um, families may be ruined right now. 
And but it is worth discussing that, you know, it was something that happened as well. And yeah. it's just it's just a sad situation that, you know, another sad situation in this world. But it's not that we're not acknowledging it. It's more that there's very little to add other than what we already know. Yeah. And every every moment matters. Every decision matters. You know, and yeah. this is why we always say, like, you know, you and I, you know, we always talk about this, like, you know, thinking before acting, you know, like. Right. It doesn't matter what it is. If we if we go out like and we have a drink or whatever, like don't don't drive, you know, yeah. like be careful. Take care of yourself because it's not just about you. It's about others as well. And, and we can't we can't be that ignorant. So you're absolutely right. Um, my prayers go out to the families that have been affected. Um, yeah, absolutely. So we're going to um, pivot a little bit into some action from Sunday. Um, and I know it's a little bit hard after that ending right there, but we're going to pivot into, you know, it's a, a week nine of the NFL. Um, and kind of just talk about like, you know, what, what were your impressions? Like, what, what do you think about the NFL so far? I just want to get your overall thought on week nine of the NFL. Um, you sure you want me to go first? I mean, I could, I could, I could get started if you want me to. I could do this. Well, could. no, cause my, I, I'll, I'll let you like go first. But all <laughs> I'm gonna say, like, my initial thought is like, yo, week nine was straight trash. Like, <laughs> that's what I'm gonna oh get my to. God. But I'm gonna, I'll, I'll, I'll let you do it. I'm gonna, go ahead, I'm gonna go actually ahead. twist this because you know this is one of the things that we always point to when talking about you know which is the best sport and the reasons why, right? And I know that, you know, when we look at the NFL, like, I think the most titles, it, it's actually the, the Cowboys, I think, or the, it's the, the Steelers. Steelers, the Steelers and the Patriots the franchise six. Then Tom Brady mm -hmm. has one seven, which is the most ever. You, you just, just have to throw that just in there. Th I have to throw that in there. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, like that just shows you like week nine. All that all, all that it showed me was even though I was frustrated because, you know, our fantasy football team, some of our fantasy football teams took hits because of how crazy things were. Let me just throw some things at you here. The Titans, without their best player, Derrick Henry, beat the Super Bowl contenders, LA Rams. Again, without Derrick Henry. The Denver Broncos embarrassed the Super Bowl contending Dallas Cowboys. Yep. I think this, this one's even worse. The Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> they shocked the Bills. They they beat down. It wasn't like as far as the score, but I think they only scored six points. It was nine to six. Nine to six. Like yeah. To me, that's a beat down because when you only score six points against the freaking Jaguars, you got beat down by a really bad team. Like that's what happened. That's that's what happened in the NFL this week. Like. That that to me, like you can look at it and say, like, wow, like it sucks that all, you know, so many of these top teams were all shocked. But I think this is part of why football is football, why football is so great, why there's so much parity in the sport. That anything can happen on any given Sunday. We can reference back to do that 2007 when the Patriots lost against the Giants, which nobody on planet Earth outside of people in New York thought that could happen. 2011, yeah. the same story. The Patriots were overwhelming favorites and what happened the giants won again that's a part of the history of football that there's so much parity that that on any given week anything could happen literally anything could happen yeah i completely i mean to me there's 
there's two things that that highlight what this season um, or this week, excuse me, was. And like I said, off the top, it was just straight trash. But <laughs> it's um, there's a line in an image. The line is if you referencing the the game that you talked about with the the Bills and the Jaguars. Is like Josh Allen intercepted Josh Allen. I don't know if you know oh about that. The guy yep, from the, the yep. like, <laughs> you know, where it's like the Spider Man meme, like that, and then the the Sunday night game, which you also, uh, you also referenced, where Matthew Stafford was like in the end zone and was about to like take a. It wasn't even going to be a safety. That's the funny part, and he was spun around and then just threw the ball. In a ball that nine times out of ten would just fall into the ground, and it just so happened that there was somebody from Tennessee right there to intercept him and run it back for a touchdown. Like, if you were to look at that play and then take the line that I just mentioned, to me that's indicative of what week nine was, which is, yo, that as much as we watch these games, like you said, anything can happen, and, yo, we don't know jack about this. Like, you <laughs> yo. know, like, think about it because it really comes down to, you know, who's injured, um, prone, who isn't, who decided to, you know, just have a good game because that game to me was indicative of, again, everything. Yeah. When yeah. I saw the Rams, I was like, yo, okay, Matthew Stafford, he's had these type of games where he's a little, you know, crazy. Um, can throw interceptions, but he's going to bring it back. And yet you keep you kept so, seeing like Tennessee just keep pounding with Adrian Peterson. Again, to add to more of the craziness. <laughs> um, Adrian Peterson running in for a touchdown. And so to me, this week was just about the craziness of it all. And, you know, it'll probably be like that at the end of the day. At the end of the season, but it was at the end of the day, it was just straight trash. I think, I, I, listen, I think that's what you got to love about football, bro. And I, it sucks for us. Let's say, you know, we're in fantasy football, you know, and if our players, let's say Patrick Mahomes, Francis has Patrick Mahomes and his fantasy football team. And for the last two, three, four weeks, the guy's only given him like an average of like 10, 11 points. We're talking about Patrick Mahomes here. Averaging 10 to 12 points. I don't have the exact number, but it's around that area in fantasy football. Like, that's that's the beauty of football, that, that anything can anything can happen, bro. Anything really and, can. And, and week nine, week nine reflect that. All right, moving on to baseball. And I know you're probably excited about this one because why not, right? It, it's only been like 20, what, 26, 27 years since the Braves, that last one. Not taking a shot at you. I'm just, you know. I mean, how many years did Boston go without winning? 80, 86. But All right, so we good. We see, good. I wasn't trying to take a shot at you, I'm, I'm brother. Just, I'm just throwing it out there for, for statistical, like for factual information <laughs> that I'm good that my team, you know, it took them 26 years as opposed to like 80 years, especially considering that when Boston won those championships they were the boston braves that eventually left boston you know what i'm saying so like i'm just throwing out some information out there so that you know people so that the audience has a full picture of everything i'm that's all i'm saying that i honestly that was unnecessary i was not i was not taking a shot I, right, you know that's besides the point the braves they, they won their first title since 1995 um 
So I just want to give you the floor, obviously, because this is your team. Um, since I've met you, we we met back in 2010. Um, yeah. and you've you've been a proud fan of the Atlanta Braves, and you're one of few. I think one of two people that I actually know that's a fan of, of uh such a poverty of a team in the Atlanta. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, of the Atlanta Braves. <laughs> so I want to give you the floor. Like, how do you feel that your team finally, you know, got over got got over the hump? I mean, it was, how can I say, well, as I mentioned in, in the early, in the beginning, I'm going to try to be as gracious as possible, but damn it, yeah, we did it. We won the Dodgers, the Astros, the Red Sox, all of you can suck it. Oh, um, yeah. We actually won this year. <laughs> actually, yeah, yeah, that is a round of applause for this, y'all. Exactly. 20, 20, you could drop bombs. You could drop, you know, all, all the sound effects. But the, the truth of the matter is, is like, until that last out happened, it was even, I think, after the, the day after, it was still a little surreal because, you know, of the years that they had been making this climb, because, you know, Atlanta has been, um, you know, in the last, I want to say, five or six years, they've been coming up after they kind of fell off the division for a while. And they started putting it together. But yeah. I honestly thought that last year they had a much better shot at winning it as opposed to this year. And so to obviously it's happy. Like, I'm going to pat myself on the back a little bit because I was wrong. But this is the one time that I was happy to be wrong. Because if you remember when we made our midseason prediction, we said we were going to make a bold prediction. Yours was that Otani, I think, was going to hit 60 home runs, which he, I think he came close, came but he close, didn't make it. But he it. didn't get there. But I, I don't know if you remember me saying that I thought that Houston was going to win the championship. That close. they were going to, you know, they had adopted this mentality of us against the world, and they were just straight up, like, demolishing everybody. Yeah, I yeah. think at the, at the All-Star break, they had, like, almost a 200-run differential. So I genuinely thought that they were going to, you know, you know, they were going to win. So when Atlanta, you know, finally got over that hump with the Dodgers, you know, they didn't, you know, choke like they did last year. Um, I thought, man, Houston, like Houston has the squad to beat them. But like a to me, it's a credit of I think more than anything, uh, obviously, it's the players because they're the ones that got it done. But I also have a lot of credit has to be given to the GM. Um, I, I don't remember how to pronounce his name, Alex Anthopoulos or something like that. And I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing great, great it wrong. Job. Great job but for the, even trying. Huh? That's a great job for even trying. <laughs> right. <laughs> but like this guy made some really, really great moves yeah. that really paid off. Like, you know, bringing in um, Jorge Soler, bringing in Jock Peterson. Um, who were the other people that he brought? He brought in um, Duvall. Like, this guy made a lot of moves at the trade deadline that ultimately led them to win. Because the thing that, um, I guess a lot of people don't, you know, they, or some people, I guess, will remember, they lost to Cunha. Yeah. Which, yep. to a lot of people, that's it. That was Atlanta's season right there. Then they add, they also lost Ozuna. Like, these are two of their best, you know, players, and, and they still made it. They, um, they went into Houston, like... The way they broke it down, they won two games in Houston and two games in Atlanta. So whether it was on the road or at home, they took care of business. And I don't know if this is going to be sustainable because I don't know how many of those guys are going to stick around past this year. But 
for this year, man, they did it. They're on top of the mountain, and they took, not for nothing, they took down uh, one of the most powerful yeah. teams and the team that everybody wanted them to lose because of the cheating scandal. Yeah. So yeah. before tossing it over to you, baseball fans, you're welcome. <laughs> I, I, listen, I think it's actually irrelevant, like what you just mentioned, if they're able to sustain it. I think it doesn't matter, bro. Like the fact of the matter is that they won the championship, you know, and it's right. their first in... Uh, as you mentioned, 26 years since 1995. I think that's what matters. It's about the now and not necessarily about tomorrow. Like the Boston right. Red Sox, as you mentioned, they broke the 86-year curse. You know, I wasn't looking at the future or, or can they win it again. No, I, I was happy as a – I was in middle school. So I was excited right. to watch that team win. I didn't suffer as much as, you know, you you um, you know, you want to lead people to think – um, as a Boston fan, because I only started watching baseball in 2001. But yeah, like, I think it's it's about the now. And, and they, they did something that, if you can attest to this, I don't think anybody saw this happening. Um, going into the season, I've got some stats here. Um, well, just one stat, really. They had the fifth best odds to win it all. I mean, that's yeah. pretty good. Um, yeah. You know, obviously looking at a team that not many... Um, believed in they had the the fifth best odds to win it all but yeah. when we look at what you know obviously things changed especially in a baseball season that's so freaking long um in july i think they were a, it were actually a few games under 500 in july yeah. so you know as you mentioned i don't think any of us saw this happening and you mentioned their best player who was an mvp front runner and ronald uh, ronald acuna jr um he's out for the remainder of the season um, they, they lost Osuna, as you mentioned as well. And yet they were still, um, they were still able to beat. And even in Houston, they were able to beat a team that has dominated, whether or not it was cheating or whatever, they're still a dominant team. They, they have a, a, a crazy offense. Their pitching isn't great, but because of their offense, it's like, it doesn't really matter. And the Atlanta Braves, uh, um, it wasn't even about the, the, their offense because their offense could you know they picked it up when they needed to pick it up i think it was more about their um their pitching they you know the the, the astros didn't score as much as they did it's, you know especially when they faced off against the boston red sox which they killed their bullpen but the the atlanta braves were were able to kind of like keep them calm keep those bats calm and, and you got to give credit to that um especially since again i'm not a braves fan and, I, and I'm, I'm pretty sure there are many who are in my position who wouldn't be able to name you half the team of the Atlanta Braves. Yeah. They could do that with the Astros, but they can't do that with the Braves. And yet the Braves, they took care of business and they got it done. So props to them. Um, as I said, forget about the future, bro. Enjoy your moment now. I'm going to give this to you. Enjoy your moment now. Um, they got it done when, when it mattered most. Yeah, absolutely. And I think... You know, this this series, if you think about it, is the perfect, I guess, um, metaphor or not even a metaphor, but it's it's a culmination where you can see you saw the Atlanta Braves season in this World Series, because think about game one. Right. Uh, or let me take it a step back. Like over the past few years, whenever we whenever I've had the chance to talk about Atlanta, I've said their biggest um, hindrance to winning a championship was addressing their the pitching, pitching rotation yeah. that they never had that top of the line starter um that could be that guy you know in a seven game yeah. series that you need to win 
And they really didn't go out and get that guy. The closest thing they got was Charlie Morton, who was part of Houston. Yeah. And you bring him in, and he's your, you know, quote-unquote number one starter or ace, if you want to call it. Goes in game one, pitches a couple of innings, breaks his leg, like, pitches while, like, being yeah. injured. Yeah, And But, yeah, ultimately goes down, and then you see the other people kind of step up. And you had, you know, I remember there was, I forget his name. There was like a, a relief pitcher that they started. I think it was in game four. And he didn't even make it past the first inning because you can see the nerves in this guy's demeanor. Like, yo, he was pitching in the World Series opening, you know, for the first time yeah. in his life, opening a game, let alone doing it in the World Series. And yet you see, you saw them continue to kind of like just push up and somebody step up. And when they went back to Houston, you know, I, for one, it wasn't that I was doubting, but I was like, man, I I really hope that, you know, that it isn't a 3-1 comeback like with the Dodgers. And then you see uh, as soon as game six started, that home run by Jorge, uh, Jorge Soler that Yo, gave that me the Albert Pujols vibes Yo, that was a from, bomb. you know, when he crushed that pitch against Brad Lidge in yeah. 2005. And then you, you saw Houston try to mount a comeback and they're like, nope. We're going to keep going and keep going. And ultimately, that was their season that as, you know, which is cliche in sports, but they really had people fall down and people just come in and step up. And it's like, yeah, man, I'm happy that after all these years and like great, like props all around, man, to, to that whole team, to the to the management and everybody else that got it done. Because it really was a team win. It's a beat a juggernaut like Houston. Yeah. Like, yo, people are saying that this could be the end of Houston. You know, of the Houston run. Because Correa may be leaving. Altuve may be out the door pretty soon. And so, for Atlanta to take a team that was doing what they were doing the first half of the season. And take them out. Man, like, that speaks to Atlanta. Whether people want to admit that or not. That was a great baseball team. That got hot at the right time, and they did it. I think something we missed, um, and actually, um, uh, my my father in law, uh, um, Louis, uh, senior, he mentioned this, and we, this is when we were in Costa Rica. Um, he talked about something that I think everyone missed, which was, man, the confidence that that team, you know, gained in that series against the Dodgers, like. Yeah, when you beat a, a a team that won over a hundred games in the LA Dodgers, um, you outright beat them. Um, I think we minimized the confidence that a team that a team gets, um, after overcoming that. You know, like th- that that was a dominant Dodgers team, even though they were missing a uh, Kershaw, they were they were missing uh, a Bauer because of obvious reasons, which we're not going right. to touch on that, but. I think the confidence they gained in that series is what 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 led them to to beat a team in in the Astros in the fashion that they did. Um, and as we we just said, you know, not to you know be repetitive, but you talked about the importance of the pitching, and I remember you actually mentioned that last year um, when you talked about that's the one thing that's missing. And whether or not they added pieces to that team, the pitching that was there stepped up. And yeah. Just like their offense, when when needed, stepped up. You look at that at that game six; it went seven zip. Yeah, like the Astros didn't score a single run. That's how dominant that that pitching was. Whether or not you know they did that every game doesn't matter. To shut down an offense like the Astros in the way that they did, I don't think the Astros scored more than 
six, seven runs in that series, did they? Um, the only game that they really had like a lot of runs was game two, where like they traded blows. Atlanta came in game one and you know gave them the initial punch, and then I forgot how many runs Houston scored in game two, but that was like their one dominant yeah. performance. Yeah, they scored was seven in game two. Yeah. After that, even the the game that they won in Atlanta. It was by like a couple of runs, or I think a run or something like that. Yeah, they scored seven runs in game two. Yeah, like still that was that, it. That's some with that Astros offense that scored nine runs against Boston in the in the top of the ninth. Like to to pitch in that in that fashion, and of course the offense whenever they were needed, they stepped up. And, and props to them for getting it done. Um, enjoy your moment, bro. This is this is all for you. This is all for you. I've watched yeah, I've, I've watched you I've watched you suffer for quite some time and also Pinky <laughs> and Francis. Yeah. Uh, I mean I I think you hit something really important when you when you reference or like when you brought up the reference that that your father-in-law made because it kind of reminded me of San Antonio that one year that they lost the San Antonio Spurs that one year that they lost to Miami where they were the better team. 2013, yeah. You know what I mean, but they lost and they came back and I think you're absolutely or he's absolutely right that you know, going back, even though there's some of those players weren't there, but, you know, and finding themselves in the same situation where they were up 3-1 and they were like, nope, not this time. We ain't going to blow it. We're not going to choke. We're going to bring it home. And they did it. it. Listen, baseball, like a lot of sports, it's about who gets, gets hot at the right time. And Atlanta was probably one of the hottest teams in the second half. Uh, they continued it into the playoffs. Like you said, they went up the bi- against the big boys. They kept at it, and nobody can take it away from them. People can uh-huh. question here, there. Like, everybody battles adversity. Everybody loses people, and they stepped up, and they got it done. And and it was a – like, that's one of the examples in recent history, and I may be a little biased as a, as a Braves fan, where it's a real organizational victory where, you know, the management brought in the right players to make it happen, and then the yeah. players ultimately in the field – when things got rough, they kept stepping up. They kept battling, and they got it done. I mean, nobody can question. I'm sorry, but if not even me, I, like that, I tried to like you know harp on you, and and, and <laughs> yeah, no, I can't even do that. Like whoever does that, they're just an outright hater. Again, I mean, like, there's there's th- a few of them th- out there. This team was a, a below 500 team in July. They fought their yeah. way into the playoffs. And they beat really good teams. Like, they beat the Dodgers and they beat the Astros. You got to give them props, bro. You got to give them props. Uh, absolutely. So, like you said, we don't know about next year. But for the for the time being, the 2021 World Series champions are forevermore the Atlanta Braves. Mm-hmm. And I can drop the proverbial mic with that said right there. Give it, give it to them one more time. Come on now. Absolutely. Congratulations to the Atlanta Braves. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. So we're going to wrap it up with that right there, I think, right? <laughs> yeah, that's 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 it for us today. That's definitely, you know, I mean, what, what is it? What more is there to talk about after, you, you know, we talk about the Atlanta Braves winning? Like, that's it. That's all there is to it. You know what I mean? So there's nothing more that needs to be said. And so as we wrap up today, we want to say thank you to everybody who always stays rocking with us, whether you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever streaming podcast streaming platform you use. And definitely our, our people out in social media, Twitter, 
Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, everybody that continues to rock with us. Um, we're glad to be back again. We're going to keep doing it, keep having the conversation, and we always love and appreciate your support. But that's going to do it today. For uh, This is the latest edition of the Pulip and Chat podcast. I'm Victor. That's Juan. Yo, we out. Oh,